0: So I remember I was on, at my desk on 9-11-2001. It was just off the um, trading floor. <clears throat> and we had many TVs there. So I watched with uh, horror as the planes crashed into the buildings. And it was, it was uh, something I never thought I'd see in my life. It was terrible des- uh, devastation and chaos as people were literally jumping from buildings to escape the flame. And the Twin Towers uh, are in the heart of the Financial District in New York, and so I knew some of the people that were in those buildings. And when they were built in 1973, they were the tallest buildings in the world. They stood as symbols of, of power and prestige for the U.S. economy. It didn't take long for the panic to reach its way to Chicago because there was one plane unaccounted for and at least uh, there was one theory that it might be headed towards the Sears Tower. And so we immediately evacuated the area and got out of there as soon as we possibly could. And it was just a terrible, terrible day. A couple years later, uh, there was a country music artist that wrote a song that said, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? It was by Alan Jackson. Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning on that September day? And that's what it felt like for me a little bit. It kind of felt at that time like the world was going to stop turning. And I bring this up because the readings today are full of Apocalyptic themes and images about death and famine and wars and persecution, where nation will be against nation. In our gospel reading today, Jesus is in the temple courtyard and he's giving one of his last talks to his followers. One of his last talks before he enters into his own persecution, his passion and death and resurrection. And one of his disciples is admiring the enormous beauty of the temple. And it was a huge temple. It took 85 years for it to be completed, huge limestone blocks. And it was the center of the Jewish faith. They actually believed that in the center of the temple, that God resided there in the holies of holies. And Josephus, who was a first-century historian, wrote about how the walls were adorned with sheets of gold and that the sun would reflect so strongly off of those sheets of gold that you had to shield your eyes, avert your eyes. It was as if you were staring immediately into the sun. So it was a, a magnificent temple. And you can imagine the dismay, the shock, the concern when Jesus tells his disciples not a stone upon a stone will be left, that the temple will be completely destroyed. I'm sure it was even more shocking to them than uh, the 9-11 moment that I shared. And this actually happened in 70 AD, the temple was completely destroyed by the Romans. And when Luke wrote his gospel 15 years later, the temple was already gone, and the persecution was well underway. Millions of people were murdered and driven, driven out of the land or enslaved. And so for the people of that time, it must have been, felt like it was the beginning of the end of time, that the world might be coming to an end. Obviously, that didn't happen. So what is Jesus trying to help us with, with, these help us understand with these destructive messages today? Well, he's trying to prepare his disciples for the persecution that will be inevitable, that all the challenges, the trials and tribulations that they'll face. But what he's also doing is encouraging them because he makes it clear he will never abandon them. He'll always be with them no matter what sufferings they endure, if they can just live by the way of Jesus, the way he loved God and loved neighbor, the way of peace and justice, if they can persevere, no matter what sort of suffering they might incur, if they can just persevere in the faith, then they will bear fruit for eternal life. We still build beautiful buildings in in our society today, wonderful skyscrapers and cathedrals and luxurious homes, but what Jesus is telling us in part today is it's not about the buildings, it's not about the earthly, worldly possessions, not about the gold adorning the temple, but rather it's about the people who reside in those buildings. That's who he has passion for and who we have passion for. And so when we come together in this beautiful building to worship God, to praise him and thank him, what what we're doing is we're celebrating the blessing of our faith, the blessing that God is including us, is helping us grow as the mystical body of Christ. We are the church, all of us gathered here today. We are the sacred temples that Jesus cares so much about and loves so much. So when someone says in today's world, where is Jesus Christ? We can simply answer where two or three are gathered in his name. There is the body of Christ. Jesus also tells us that we should not be deceived. Shouldn't be deceived about temptations and distractions and all of the difficulties in our world, the false prophets, people who would say, oh, this religion doesn't matter, or Christianity doesn't really work anymore. We shouldn't be deceived. We should always be on watch for the false images and the false gods. He also tells us there's always hope, that we should never be terrified. In such difficult times, he will be with us, always, to give us wisdom. In fact, he assures us that not even a hair on our head will be harmed. He'll always be with us, just like he was with his early disciples, to respond to our present difficulties. The last line in the gospel should give us all a great deal of comfort and should console us. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Perseverance in the faith will lead to eternal life for each and every one of us. Jesus wants us to be happy and healthy and holy, and we need to trust that somehow, some way. God will help us get to where we need to be. So today, let's pray for perseverance, perseverance in, in Jesus' way, the way of love and forgiveness and mercy and kindness. And let's always be people of hope, even in difficult times.